Welcome, community group leaders, to the Deeper Podcast, where we help you confidently lead your groups. And we're here again with Joe Hishma. Welcome. Hey, everyone. It's great to be with you this week. We're in week seven of our series of Safe it's and Sound. It's the perfect number. It's the perfect number. <laughs> and uh, hopefully this week will be another great week of diving into God's Word. So, yeah. Joe, what's the, the big idea and the passage we're going through this week? Yeah, we're going through um, 1 John chapter 2, verses 28, all the way through 3, chapter uh, verse 10. All right. And um, the key thing is abiding in who you are and what you will be transforms how to live. And so I'm going to be talking about those three realities that you and I live in as followers of Jesus every day and how, how to let those realities lead how you, how you live. Excellent. So uh, normally we have a time of growing deeper together, but we're actually going to combine that into this passage if it's really nicely. So right. last week we talked about the, the first characteristic of what it means to be a leader at fellowship, and we said that who you are is more important than what you do, and this passage just reinforces that. So we're going to actually just um, go over that again this week. So with that, Joe, uh, would you read some of the passage for us? And we're going to break it into two parts this time. So if you could read 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 through 3, verse 3. Okay. It says, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the Father is given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we be, will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. All right, great. So again, your big idea is abiding in who we are and what we will be transforms how we live. So remind us again about what does it mean to abide? I know we've talked okay. about this several times, but if we don't really get this down, we're going we're gonna to miss we're it. We're going to miss all of First John, right? Yeah. So to abide is to believe. Yep. To abide is to obey. To abide is is to love. Yeah. And so those three things are really going to be um, what, what John is bringing forth. No matter what passage he's on, they're always going to be relating to one of those, and he just repeats it over and over, so we'll never forget it. Yes, and so that's excellent. So abiding, we need to believe, we need to love, we need to obey. That's so right. abiding in who we are. So in this, it talks about who we are, and it says that we are beloved and it says that we are children of God. Yeah. And again, going back to who we are as a leader, who we are is more important than what we do. So how does that speak into just practically who we are and the, the fact that we're beloved and the fact that we're children of God? Like, what does that, yeah. what does that mean? So think about this. You have the God of the universe who has a mind that cannot be compared to any human or any, all of humans uh, com, uh, cumulative together. You know, there's no way we can even fully search and fully know everything there is to know about God. That's what makes him God. And he chooses, he knows everything about us, everything. In other words, we can even fool ourselves about who we are and what we do, and we cannot fool him. There's no hiding with him. And that God chooses to love us. And I think that just shows you the depth of his love and the breadth and the height and the width of his love is, 
is that he can he knows everything about us and chooses to love us anyway and then he calls us his children through Christ and my goodness that's our primary calling in life is when God calls us out of darkness into light out of uh, being an enemy and a stranger a foreigner to him to and a refugee in this world ultimately to a being part of the family of God he uses family language that's huge it's mind blowing we we should never get over that yeah, and, and that family language is so powerful. I mean, you're a father, and I'm a father, and just to think about that imagery, you you feel that love, not only from John to the church, but from God to us, and mm-hmm. we don't fully, I don't fully grasp and understand what that means and how powerful that is, Yeah, just in how, how powerful an identity that is and how that shapes just ultimately who we are completely. It's That's right. a powerful image. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then who we are, it then helps impact what we will be, right? And right. how we're going to be transforming into that. And so um, tell us a little bit about who we're going to be. And it says we will yeah. be like him. What does that mean? Yeah. So um, if you think about what God is like, he is all loving. He is good. He is righteous. He is holy. Um, he is truthful. He is just. I mean, you just go through those attributes of who God is. And there's some right now that we can be like Okay, but we can't really have a full picture of that. Whatever those areas that we fall short of, those are going to be made up for a desire to be like him. In other words, there will no longer be a desire of independence, of more of self-love, of life on my terms. There'll be a desire to love him and to be like him. And I think that's what anything you love, you want to be like, right? Even that word image... Um, that word um, in Latin means sameness. And so as we're called now to be conformed to the image of the Son or Jesus, then we'll be conformed, we'll be transformed, and, and we'll be like Him. And so if you think about that, that's not just a... It's, heaven's not going to be a bore, and it's not going to be about me or you. It's going to be about God and our in, insatiable desire to reflect Him in all that we do. Um, so is there a difference in being like him and being identical to him? Yes, there is. Okay, okay so um, I'm trying not to be heretical here, but if you took that being like him, which means we'll be equal to him, just read about heaven in the scriptures. And at the th- there is a throne, and everyone's bowing down to God in, in respect and in honor and in, in authority and giving glory to him. You don't have, and again, what was that first sin where Satan you know, rebelled against heaven, he said, I will be like him. I will, I will, he, he put himself up against the glory of God. There will not be a battle in heaven, okay? It's going to be about God. Now, the question is, is what makes me look forward to heaven then? And, and if life is about me, that's usually where I'm con- convicted by. What is it about my present life that, um, Want to make want to make life more about me and less looking forward to heaven, and we'll get to that on a question in the future. But that whenever I see that, why am I not excited about heaven? There's usually something I need to confess. <laughs> There's something about my life that is in the way of God's glory. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go to verses 4 through 10, and there's a lot in here, so we'll read it, and then we'll ask some, some questions about it. Okay. So it says, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. 
You know that he, Jesus, appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who dares not does not love his brother. Great. Okay, so before we, we dive into this, I want to remind us about the <clears throat> overall purpose statement that John has for this book. Yes. And it's in First John chapter five, verse thirteen. That's right. Um, I, I don't. I don't know if you have it memorized, but yep. I know it's ultimately. I write these things to you who believe, mm-hmm. okay, in the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So John wants to make sure that we mm. believe and we know that we have eternal life. Yes. And so, what we don't want people to do from reading this passage is to say, "Well, maybe, maybe I'm not a Christian," to have doubts and these things. So. You know, verse 6 in particular, it says, No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. So there's a lot of a very black and white language. There's a lot of things that seems like high truth and low grace. And, and yet in the midst of this, there's this loving language that John writes. And yeah. ultimately this whole book is about us having confidence yes. in our faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. So just help, just give us some perspective on what's going on there. Yeah. Okay. So this is fairly complicated. If we go, um, is the the purpose of this again was to talk to Christians, not non Christians. Yeah. The it wasn't that he was writing to non believers, mm-hmm. but he was talking that of to Christians who were deceived or had a group with them before who deceived and who modeled that group of deceivers modeled more of that antichrist figure that was there who is the man of lawlessness. Okay. Yeah. And so he was basically saying, look, we want to be, we want to uh, we want to position our lives so that we're becoming, since we're going to be like Christ now, we need to be people who are becoming more and more like Christ. And if that's our destiny, if that's our future, then why would we, why would we take sin lightly? Why would we ignore the righteousness of God? And why would we want to live more of this world? It's just, it doesn't make sense if we're going to position our lives, if we know we're a child of God and we have eternity with God secure in Christ, why would we play around with that in-between time that denies who we are? Because if I'm a child of God, I don't know that we can say a child of God sins all the time or disregards their sin. And remember what he said earlier in chapter two, he says, I write this so that no one would sin, but it doesn't mean that they wouldn't ever sin. He says, but if someone does sin, we have an advocate, right? Um, Jesus, the righteous, um, he who is the propitiation for our sins. And then chapter one, verse nine, you know, if if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So there's this picture of quick to confess again, quick to confess. And a mark of someone who is not in a relationship with Christ is for them to deny sin Okay, and for them to deny Christ and for them to deny any authority of God in their lives and and reject the righteousness of God. And so that's what he's really addressing here is that's the way of the world. 
That's the way of the world. Don't be the way of the world, okay? Just, you know, we can, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, right? We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus covers us from our sins. But if we live in darkness, right, then then we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So this is a call out of darkness for the child of God. And it's it's a picture that our confidence is in Christ and we don't want to have, we don't want to be numb to sin. Sin does make us numb to who we are and what we'll be. And so he wants us thriving. He wants life, eternal life in us, moving through us. What I love about your response is that, you know, we can easily and see verses like this and zone in on it and be like, what does this mean? But you gave us a lot of great context and how it fits in the larger book yes. of, of First John and how, you know, at the end, like we're talking about First John 5, how he's giving the overall purpose, but also how he's been building up, leading up to this. Yes. And so I think as we look at it in the broader context, it help just gives us that perspective. It goes back to us being able to have confidence in Christ about not being deceived, about being quick to, to confess, about seeking out our advocate. And ultimately, mm-hmm. this picture, it gives us it gives us hope. That's right. It doesn't give us not hope. That's right. So hopefully that's, that's right. what we can we can to. So we're going to go now to our our application. There's some questions, and we're going to, uh, Joe and I are going to model some of these questions that we really want you to ask in your community groups. And, you know, as we talk about confession, we talk about being vulnerable and allowing things to come to light and just sharing where we're at. Community groups is is the place where that can happen, where in the same way God, He fully knows us and fully loves us, hopefully our community groups can be that place where we can we can share, we can people can know what's going on, but still love us yeah. in the midst of that. And can I say one thing? on that. I met with a guy this past week and he said, I was in a small group and that's when we call them small groups. Now it's community groups. Okay. So he says, I was in a small group and the guy who was leading was, he was just a teacher. Mm -hmm. He was a teacher. And, um, you know, we can't just be teachers. We, because it's not class, sit down and listen for me. We need to be relators too. We need to be sharers of our lives so that um, the amount that we share of our own personal lives, the, the depth of our vulnerability now provides a basis and permission for the rest of the group. That's just how we do relationships. Yeah. We're open, we're honest in them. So yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's great. Okay, so uh, we're called to practice righteousness, hope, and love. That's yes. ultimately what we're called to do. So mm-hmm. here's the first question. The first question is, and Joe, I'll have you answer this one, and then I can answer the next one first. So what what do you need to be ri- reminded of today about your identity? Okay, so my identity, from what this passage says, I'm the beloved of God, a child of God. Okay. So every week I have a tremendous feeling of responsibility when I put 15 to 20 hours in a week on studying for a message. And as I gear up for the weekend, I, my, I get excited to be with people and to preach the Word of God. And there's, there hasn't been this temptation of my own self-importance, but I have to come down to the point of, I, I want everyone to have a simple childlike relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so that means that I need to be reminded that it doesn't get any more complex than that for me. Okay, I'm, I'm first and foremost a child of God. I have one heavenly father, and I have him through Jesus Christ. It's a gift I've been given. Nothing I've earned, nothing I deserve, nothing I can lose. I'm in his family. And so as I look at that, I just, 
No matter what God brings you through, no matter all of your other callings in life, no, no matter your picture of success, your picture of income, all that kind of stuff, you never get over being a child of God. And those who advance the gospel in their lives, those who had the most impact in other people's lives, lived as a child of God. It just caused them to receive so many more people and live in the blessing of God as a child. So how can I pray for you in that? Is that in mostly in your preparation time, your delivery time, and your just personal time with the Lord? Like, how yeah. can I specifically pray for you in that? So if you can pray that God would give me a greater, greater vision every day of what it's like to be his child. Yeah. So it means I know I'm loved and I'm accepted not by anything I've done or who, or you know, my position in life, but simply I never want to get over that. Yeah. So That's good. And I, I think for, for me, I mean... So again, who I am is more important than what I do. So by being a child of God and being beloved, I think I can buy into the lie of, you know, I want to be a good steward with what God has given to me. And I want to make sure I, I use my gifts. And, you know, if I'm if I'm leading a community group or leading a team, you know, yes. I want to give my best in that. But there can it can become just... Um, you can lose the joy by just just trying to keep up and do what you're supposed to do and not being able just to to be there and to be vulnerable and make mistakes and all those types of things. And so uh, I think to be able just to rest and, you know what, even if I don't do something perfectly or maybe the the best or to my standards, if I'm being faithful, if I'm loving God and loving others, that's what I'm called to do. And you know what? God's going to love me, not, not based on my performance, but sure. based on my love. And that's going to be the same from other people, for those that truly love me, not just for what I do, but for, for who I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. So I'll start out with this next question. All right. Okay. Um, it says, what, what is fueling my anticipation for a future with Christ? So why don't you answer that one first? Yeah. I, I think... You know, I, I think I was convicted some by uh, by your sermon, so I, maybe I would have changed my answer. But I think where I'm at right now, honestly, is I, I anticipate perfect healing, perfect healing of of spiritual imperfections, emotional imperfections, physical imperfections. I just look at life, even the last couple of weeks. I mean, I've just heard of multiple suicides of people that yeah. either I know or close within circles. Yeah. Um, my wife and I dealing with infertility. Mm. Um, family members dealing with cancer, going through car accidents. I mean, close people dealing with anxiety, depression. You just you just feel the the brokenness and yeah. it causes a, a longing for heaven when things are gonna be made right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with me, Jeremy, because you you are such a positive person. You're a cup half full yeah. all the time. Sure. And when I see you, I don't always uh, I don't always get a picture that you're affected by all this garbage going on in the world right now. So thanks for sharing that with yeah. me. Yeah. How can I pray for you for, to God to build an expectation or an anticipation for heaven from you? Um, oh, I think one practical thing is just to know how to um, love others in the midst of the brokenness. Because, like I said, like a lot of these these things that are going on, it's with it's within fairly close circles. Yeah. So I'm trying to navigate and think through how do I be authentic and vulnerable with how I feel about these things, but also how do I help give hope to other people, point them to Jesus, and help them get next steps as well. Because it's yeah. just it's just a heavy time. There's yeah. just a lot going on. And, you know, as as a pastor and a positive person, you know, you can feel that burden of people looking to you, yeah. uh, what do I do? So I think just continue to be filled with the Spirit and just knowing how to appropriately respond and yeah. guide myself and other people. Sure. So 
You think about what Paul says, this light momentary affliction. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that, does it? It doesn't feel It feels that way. like hard and never-ending yeah. persecution or frustration or yeah. sickness. Yeah. So to have that perspective guide you in the here and now yeah. is something only the Spirit can give you a picture of. That's right. So, yeah. How about you? Um, so... I tend to get wrapped up in broken things, <laughs> whether it's relationships or physical items. And the broken things, I tend to overwhelm me with the here and now. Mm. And so that fuels my lack of anticipation <laughs> for, for heaven, mm. because I can believe that I can fix those things, okay? And God has shown me just over and over, so it's been a repeating pattern. Mm-hmm. God's showing me my insufficiency and his sufficiency, yeah. my incapacity and his power. And so the the one thing I really love to do, though, is I love to prepare our church to meet Jesus. So that's going to mean preaching the gospel all the time, because I want to fill heaven as much as I can with as many people who hear the gospel and respond to him. Um, but I also want to prepare the church to have a heart for heaven. And so Preaching fuels my anticipation for the return of Christ. And if we don't preach the return of Christ, we limit ourselves and we dull that anticipation for his return. Yeah. So that's great. Um, okay. Last question is this What is your first step to practice righteousness in the now? And can you define uh, righteousness? So um, you get this picture of lawlessness and righteousness, okay? And we're called to live um, by faith, showing a picture of who, uh, of the likeness of who Christ is, and then to do that in love. And I think my first step in that is to be more full-hearted with people when uh, God gives me the opportunity to do that. Um, and, and that's not to tell them their worst nightmare or anything, but to speak the truth in love. Yeah. And many times I'm tempted to just protect myself or to maintain my standing in their lives. When really, God um, has challenged me to speak the truth. And so for me, in all the relationships I'm in, that's the goal of the believer is to speak the truth in love, right? And to reflect more of Christ, but not to protect yourself in the matter, you know? So, um, how can I be in prayer for you as you're, you're speaking the truth in love? Are there any boldness? Uh, boldness. Let's say, are there any fears, of, yeah. insecurities, things to that can go on? To be more bold but... in uh, the proclamation of the word yeah. and more bold in the addressing of, of sin in my life and others. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, for me, I. I don't think it's necessarily anything that I'm supposed to to know or to do. It's really that that being side. Mm-hmm. So uh, the word that goes through all this is abiding in Christ, right? So abiding yeah. every day with Jesus. So just in my personal time with the Lord, continuing to to not just know about Him, but to know Him and to believe Him and His truths, to to love God and to love other people, and then ultimately to um, just obey the things that are in his word that I'm um, abiding on and and being and believing about who I am. So yeah. for me that it it's basic, but again, it's it's sometimes the basics and the those um, things are just the most mm-hmm. important. That's, sure. that's where it goes back to. Yeah. Well let, let me just encourage you on everything you've shared here. I've known you for now nineteen years, Jeremy. Yes. 
And I've known you from you being a middle school student or even a sixth grade student, something like that, um, to where you are now. Um, you're married. You have a child. Um, I have seen you. I have seen you respond to who Christ is. I've seen you live as a child of God. I've seen you um, uh, respond to Him in righteousness and ask Him for truth and to guide you in the truth. And now that I serve with you in ministry and see you as a peer, I mean, this is—it's been an honor to watch that whole progression over the past 19 years of your life, and I'm proud of you. And um, I, I look at you being never more important than a child of God. Mm-hmm. And that's something God is working in you. And it's, it's been awesome to see. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Joe. And yeah. thank you, group leaders, for being a part of this. Hopefully you got to kind of see little inner workings of what some of this could look like in, in your group. So Joe, would you yeah. sure. close us in prayer? And then we'll I'd love to. see what's coming up. Okay, Father, thanks for this time. Thank you for your word. And uh, thank you for reminding us who we are. We're your children. What we'll be, we'll be like you in heaven because we'll see you as you are. And Lord, would you continue to get to feed us a picture of who you are in your word so that we can be like you right now through the power of your spirit in our lives. Move us. I pray for each of our community group leaders. Bless them, encourage them, strengthen them. And I pray that they would love their groups as you love their groups and love each one of those people. I pray for uh, openness and availability, availability to you in each group this week. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Before we wrap up, looking ahead, um, one is a reminder about the Spring of Hope event. So on Thursday, March 25th in the evening for women, I uh, encourage you to register. Go to fbctopeka.com slash events. You can find out more information about that. And I know it's announced this weekend, so I encourage you to register for that. And then we've got to save the date. We're going to be talking about this more over the next couple of weeks, but ShareFest yeah, Share is Fest. happening this year. <laughs> we had to, we had to put, uh, postpone it and then ultimately cancel it last year, but it's happening. It's going to be on on Saturday, April 24th in the morning. And so you can go to sharefesttopeka.com and you can begin to register. Now, here's the deal. The sooner you register, the sooner you have the option of choosing your site. And also, if you don't have a shirt, you can register for a shirt. So that's all I'm going to say about that right now because we'll be talking about it more, give you some more details, and even some of the behind the scenes why and history about ShareFest. But for now, encourage your groups, mark that date on your calendar, April 24th, and begin to register your groups. With that, thank you for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, everyone. Hopefully this has been a blessing to you yep. as you help lead your groups. Have a great week. 